Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the Marketing Minds at DoConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peak. We are here, episode 180, with Jackie Lipinski and Sarah Zimmerman. Hello. Hello. Hi. It's so good to be back. I was in the mountains. The mountains called me, so I missed, I missed, missed everybody. Oh, what is this? <laughs> that's, our, that's our official, unofficial uh, award music because one, we we have marker proof award content to be viewed out in the wild. A lot, a lot of it, and a lot more uh, to come, yeah. and a lot more to come. Not not <laughs> yeah. quite the initial five hour release that you had on your visual content series, Andrew, but not quite. still a lot of a lot of content that Julie has worked on interviewing mm-hmm. the award winners of the Academy and. This here podcast is a silver award winner, yes. which means we could yeah. be gold. We'll see. Gift to go. Um, From the nationals. I wish I could tell you all to write in and vote and make sure we become gold, but apparently that's not how this works. That was my initial Shoot. reaction was like, oh, we should start a campaign to promote. Oh, no, that's someone already picked it. It's just we're going to tease and make sure we sell <laughs> tease. tickets so people show tease. up at the Make banquet. sure we show up. Do we go to right. dinner together in Orlando? I'm going to send Mike Lyon to accept my award. What? You have to go. <laughs> I'm going. I'll go. I'll go. Mike wanted us to go. go There you go. I will not be hanging out for the whole episode today because I have, this is my joke for the calls that I've been able to make it to this week. I'm still getting over shingles. I currently have COVID. And if I have more energy than you, there's something wrong, (laughs) but I'm trying to give, trying to give out as much energy as I can for, for story time here, but I'll, I'll try to hang out for the whole, whole segment. I don't, Ladies first, so Sarah or Jackie, whoever wants to begin with story time. And Sarah. Yeah, it's me. Well, Andrew and I have been doing the Market Proof Marketing Academy. So we are on day two, the end of day two. We just wrapped up. So we've gone through analytics, Google ads, and just wrapped up today with some budgeting. And I always have a fun time. I think just like Kevin talking about budgets and working through budgets, it's, it's one of the things I do for fun too. So I had a lot of fun helping to teach other marketers about budgeting. And yeah, I had a lot yeah, of fun helping kick it off. And then because I had to go back and lay down so that I could breathe kind of, but it was, it was the best 15 minutes of my day to start that career off. It's, it's, it's a good, good group. It's a great group. Um, Fun group. group. I feel like the stress is definitely lower compared to the last Academy ran, which was in the summer. Just like overall tension, uh, not like learning in the group, th- but yeah. like life. It's probably good. It was like right after Thanksgiving, people were like, okay, I had 500 grams of sugar from pumpkin pie, pecan pie, and all these different pies. Like I'm ready to sit here and relax. They still got that, still got that in their system. But it's, it's been a fun group going from Google budgets, Facebook analytics. That is that, literally everything. Yeah. I, the other You're thing left. I really like is when people, again, I, I haven't been on uh, very much of these, but when people ask questions, you can tell a lot about a person by the questions they ask. And there's already a couple people in this particular group that I'm like, I'm connected with them everywhere, right? Like I want to watch them, right? yeah. what they can do over the next couple of years. There's some smart, smart, smart folks in that group. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Jackie, you got anything for us? I just have a fun Thanksgiving. I'm going to roll off the Airbnb story where I found this, this small rental and it had questionable photos and it had a, a very good budget 
And so I took a risk on it and I decided to book it. And then when I showed up, I was pleasantly surprised by their bad marketing. Yes. Mm. So, but now I feel connected to this. I want to go back. It held 12 people. Um, it was on a river. It had a hot tub. It had, it could fit a dog pet friendly, but now I don't want to give them advice to like market better because I feel like I'm in on a secret. They could have and charged so twice as much maybe. Yeah. If they have real so, pictures. Yeah. I'm the person who like, I go, I go to the dentist and I'm like, I was like, I saw your email campaigns. Like, I don't, you know, you should do this. And then we sit and mm. talk for 15 minutes. And I feel like I always like to proactively like talk to the people who, who like, oh, you can do better. But this one, I want to keep a secret. That's why no one likes me really, Jackie. As someone started a home building company, which is something to celebrate, right? Not, and they tossed out their logo and their first floor plan. The floor plan looks amazing. It's going to be a beautiful high-end, like probably 700K plus home easy. But the logo looked like it was stock art, like clip art mm. stuff. Like just guess what it was? It was roof lines with windows. Oh no, their name. So that could be a roofing company too. It could be so many other things. Exactly. And so I couldn't help myself. I commented and I connected them to Carla. And I, I tried to say the best way I could. I said, I don't think your logo matches the price point of the home that you're about to build as a new builder. You need to talk to Carla. But I just can't, I can't, like you, I can't keep it in. Yeah, it's like, I need oh, to, I need to keep it in. But, but I also think, and what you're saying too, is I felt like the, the pricing was too good to align. And if they did build up their budget and brand, then their, their, the rental will go up. And I almost, and that's what you're doing is like, you need to get to this level and your branding needs to be on par. So I, I think you're right. And the universal story is if, if your branding is a high element, I think people will have a higher expectation of what the price is going to be and you can get just away deliver with it. on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you, yeah. deliver. you got something else about Thanksgiving or no? Oh, yes. So on Thanksgiving, I had a great conversation with a family member who is attempting to purchase a house. She's put on offers. She's trying in, in the Washington area and the suburbs of Washington in the South. And she continuously loses bids. And we were just having a casual conversation. And she just talked about she doesn't know how to express her emotions when looking for a house right now. And she said the best way to describe it is she feels like a child on the floor, just slamming their hands and fists and wanting to cry and not knowing how to express it because she is, she does well, her husband does well, and they just keep getting outbid and outpriced and, and just not finding what she wants in the area she wants and the size she wants. And so, you know, I, I think we keep talking of like inventory is rising, but I still think that people, the prices are still increasing more than what people are, are saving. And so that was just an interesting conversation of what I'm seeing in, in Washington specifically when people are purchasing a home. It's It's still tough out there for people. And when you have product and it's in a reasonable price. I mean, people are still going to be jumping on it. So yeah, I'll come back to that for one of my, my updates for sure. But Andrew, you go first. What do you got? This is funny, Jackie. We didn't even talk about our stories. My story is like the same thing. Um, we went to North Carolina. My parents have a cabin up there in not a touristy area. That's important. Even like, this is like local. It's like 45 minutes from anything that you would actually want to do, which is kind of the fun. Like they live, there's Chris, there's a Christmas tree farm, like right in front of their cabin. Like that's what they're surrounded by. The Christmas tree from the white house is like a mile down the road. They got big signs on that, that are, it's like a white sign with text white house, Christmas tree sold here. <laughs> like really that's it. But there's this restaurant that we went to on the last night. They're like, oh, you have to go to this place. Da, da, da. We're like, okay, let's go. we get there. It's connected to a gas station. Like this worn out gas station. And the next that's like, it's like one big building. And I'm like, Oh gosh, this isn't good. Like what, what is happening here? We go in, 
It's it's very humble. This I mean, it matches the city, but the, if you could call it that, like it's just a county road or a you know rural highway, whatever it may be. And then we look at the menu. We're like, okay, it's like best burgers. And you're like, of course, we'll say that. It's like, you know, coffee shop in New York, like best world's best cup of coffee. But then we are like blown away at the food. Like it is insane. Like if that restaurant was in a different town with, like you said, Jackie, with real marketing, like they'd be full all the time. And I'm like, this is, I was so, I was so shocked. I don't know if it's, I was shocked because my expectations were so low, like pulling up. I'm like, oh no, we're all gonna get food poisoning or something. <laughs> this is not good. The last day when we drive an app, driving down to back to Florida. What is this? But like the marketing was awful. The food was great. So the product was amazing, but like, I guess it fits the town. Like prices were like 20 years old. Like the kids ate for like $3, which is like, if you have kids, you're like usually spending seven, eight bucks for like chicken tenders and fries. And you're like, are you kidding me? But this was like burger fries drink. I'm like, this is cheaper than McDonald's. What is happening here? This is nuts. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting. I don't know if it was my expectation was low and then they exceeded it by a wide margin. But I've told so many people the story like like in person, like, oh, we ate at this place. Like, and then you look it up and like there's 300 reviews, all these people from out of town, like, I was here on vacation. Like, this place is amazing. And they have like a gourmet menu that's like their specials, but then have their standard menu. And so you walk in, you're like, why do they have that on their menu? And like, why does it look so pretty? Like this place looks like it, it's a gas station. Like what is happening here? It was, it was fun. It was good. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. Well, I, I know you're right about the expectation thing. Having low expectations is the secret to happiness. And that's not a joke. It's, it's actually proven year and year again that, you know, the happiest countries uh, in the world are, are Scandinavian by how they're measured. And over and over again, the, the takeaway is they're the happiest people in the world because they have the least expectation for improvement in their life from the time they're born to the time they die. But they also, because they expect very little improvement in their living standards and, and how they live, they're just happier. They have, they have lower expectations. Lower expectations is the key to happiness. I need to visit. Or the way that, yeah. And, and, and that's why new home construction, new home sales, new home marketing is so tough is everyone has, you're going to, yeah, not, not just you, you will say, hi, I will, I will, as a current home builder, still say, meaning someone who's building a home, I will still say unreasonable expectations. Excessive, um, yeah. And part of that's the blame of the builder. Most of that is the blame of the content that we consume and the influencers that I rail against and uh, HGTV saying, look what happened in 30 minutes. And, you know, we put together a desk from Ikea and think that we're geniuses or like we could, so then why can't those, like, you know, our house is delayed. And it was purely in jest, if you're listening, honey, but she, at one point she's like, we should just put on our tool belts and go over and help them. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that will not speed anything up. That, that will do the opposite. Amazing. Right. right? Um, so consumers have become unreasonable, but that's also the, this, it's, it's the makeup that we're in. There's no getting around it. So part of that to kind of tie it back into your brand promise, Jackie, that you were saying is mm. the key is how do you differentiate yourself while not setting up leaving margin to exceed expectations. That's the important thing to communicate value, to communicate difference, to position yourself as a unique and better offering while still leaving margin to exceed. If the margin only exists to deliver exactly as promised or you fail, then you're leaving yourself open yeah. to a bad potential customer experience. Cause I think that that to summarize it, Andrew is getting what you expect is not even remarkable. Yeah, I, I walked into this some place people are yelling expecting at this, like... Oh. Some people are yelling right now and saying, actually, it is. Like, I just wanted to move into my house on time. 
and that would be remarkable now, right, Sarah? Yeah, you're, me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're, both, you're both like the same time, which is funny. Mike, Mike and I, when you know, when he built his home and I built mine, we were like the same. It was like within a month. Uh-huh. So that's that's interesting timing. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it could go back to expectation setting through educational content. Yeah. Um, like real, not HGTV educating, but us the home building industry ed- educating on on what it actually is like. Yes, and the only thing I would add to that is 100% in the upfront expectation setting content, but a million percent more on the during uh, education and communication standpoint. So I got a lot of different things I want to cover quickly. First is a quick joke, uh, and I'll share the screen here with you guys so you can see. Inman.com headline, uh, Zillow cancels 400 Zillow offers contracts due to closing restraints. Uh, these are folks who are under contract mostly to close in 2022 with Zillow. So Zillow would purchase their home from them in 2022. And later on in the story, it says that we went to Zillow because they told us they were a preferred partner of Minto Properties, the building contractor in Florida. Our estimated closing for the new property is between January 2022 and March 2022. So Zillow put our closing date as February 18th for contract purposes only. Essentially, it sounds like I don't know for sure. The article makes it sounds like the majority of these 400 people were folks who were uh, selling their existing home to Zillow while going to a new construction home. I don't we'll have to wait for them to make some comment as to how that works. So my one joke was to, to tell your friend to go try and look for one of those 400 homes that just got back on the market and make a quick offer to try to try to not have to feel like they're losing. Quick update on the Oakleys house update. Yeah, we, we found out um, two weeks ago that we potentially will be homeless for the holidays. So we have to be out of our house, uh, December 15th house may miraculously be done. They're, they're doing the best they can. And thank you to the, to the team who's pushing hard, but we found out the week before Thanksgiving, I think that it wasn't going to happen and it goes. So, so the communication part, Andrew is communication continued to degrade over the build time of the home. You know, get the weekly email that I've talked about before, less and less detail in that email, no other follow-ups or responses to questions that we have. And then the way that that this was dropped in was a text message to my wife saying, hey, um, I've got a couple of electrical questions. Can you hop over? Because we live a mile down the road from where we're building. Can you hop over and take a look? And I just happened to have time in my schedule. And she was like, hey, can you go with me? And I was like, sure. I, I got a bigger lunch hour than normal. I'll hop over. And it was we're just going through a couple electrical things and, and, and then he goes, and you know, the main thing here is that your house isn't going to be done. And that it was that communication method more than anything else that made Melody. She was amazing considering everything family of four, you know, holiday season coming up, Thanksgiving, all of that stuff. She, she just had to like leave the room and go sit, sit in the car. So she didn't say or do anything too extreme. Sounds like Lindsay. <laughs> and still later apologized for even doing that. So again, she, she handled it really well. But the thing that made her mad was like, look, dude, you were going to just spring this on me by sending me a text message, you know, four, f- three to four weeks before we were going to close. When I asked you in person two months ago, Hey, we could extend the lease on our home longer. What does this look like? And you're like, no, no, we might even be done early. And so it's, that continues to be the thing that I think really drives people nuts is, you know, at the end of the day, I still don't have any more specific updates of when we will move in exactly. But what I do have every day is a text message from the production manager 
saying, here's where we are right now. We're working really hard. And every time that message comes in, even though it has no more additional specificity about what's going to exactly happen, my wife's stress level goes down by like 80% until the next day. It's just simple. It's kind of the reverse. It's the production construction team version of, um, we were on a call earlier today talking to someone who's trying to use AI systems to better predict what product people will like. And, and I kept saying, that's not the, the point is not that. That sounds really fun. All we need is a system to predict that this person is giving off buying signals of some form or fashion and is worth an extra call. Just make the call. It, we don't have to know what to say. We don't have to know what floor plan they want. We don't have to know exactly what they want to build. We just need to know our resources are limited on human beings to make the call. So who's the best person to call? Just having that would be a panacea in today's world. Uh, so that's the house update. Personal Oakley update is I was just getting over having shingles, which I felt was the, the lamest thing to be sick of ever. Um, until I talked to people who were like, I got shingles when I was 16 and 13 and I almost lost my eye to shingles and all this crazy stuff. So one, it's no longer a, a joking thing to me personally, anyway, that shingles is a big deal, but that knocked me out. And then I still technically have it, but I couldn't get my booster shot because I had to take medicine for shingles. So then I got COVID, uh, the day after Thanksgiving. So, um, mm. it's been a, it's been a crazy, just great, crazy whirlwind time. Um, our pool contractor is still a disaster. Um, we can go into that, but there's a hundred percent of the things now, a hundred percent of the things that they promise in their contract have, none of them have ever been done. The latest one is the fence around the pool. It was supposed to go in a, in a buffer zone between the concrete and the, and the wall, um, the retaining wall. And they forgot to put something in the stone, uh, going around. And so they're like, Oh, no problem. We'll just, We'll, we'll put it on the concrete, like three to four inches in. So shrinking the space. And what do we know concrete does, everyone? It cracks. That's the only thing concrete does over time. So that's going to be a fun conversation about, no, you're not doing that. I'll let you know how that goes. Um, and then Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Oh, there's more. And then like, oh. this is why I'm going to pass out and just go and, and leave you guys to do the, the rest of the show. <laughs> um Thanksgiving traffic this year, um, the week of Thanksgiving in totality is the first time that we have been below 2019 website traffic levels. Let me think going back to 2019, not last year, pre pandemic, not the day, the actual day, um, in 2019 of Thanksgiving was slightly lower, but when you take into account the total traffic volume of the entire week, it's the first time that website traffic levels for a week-long period of time have been below, in aggregate, 2019 levels, which isn't scary at all to me, but I understand why it would be scary to builders who weren't expecting it. It's something we've talked about and, and had our builders prepped for, for the most part, to expect. And it, it leads me to continue to think that this holiday season will be a time of lower new lead volume and lower traffic, unless you're choosing to, to push for it. Most builders aren't because they're at or right at their goals or, or still far exceeding their sales goals. I saw a number 77% of home builders currently are still limiting sales in one form or another. I think that was a, a fact from uh, Allie Wolf at Zonda. Wow. So no one's really pushing, but it just, I thought, wow, that's, that's a first to, to go back. And I do think it's going to come right back in January. So 
as long as builders don't panic and do silly things like discounts and incentives in, in December, I think, um, and it'll, again, it'll be different market by market, but that was worth talking about. And then the last thing on a positive note, I did a okay. talk. I did a talk for as long as I could stand um, yesterday to a leadership team for a top 25 builder, uh, executive uh, and marketing team. And we talked more about the idea of the Uberization of the sales uh, team and the idea of, of combining how Uber drivers work, salespeople work, and general real estate teams. And I just wanted to bring it back up because I know the original article in Professional Builder came out maybe six months ago now. Uh, lots of conversation around originally. A lot of people have gone to hub and spoke sales models, um, but true Uberization, meaning outside of standard business hours, getting a salesperson to interact with a customer wherever they want to meet uh, um, and, and being able to let salespeople be on or off um, at will to have those extra appointments and conversations in person, virtually, whatever. Um, this builder is going to do it. And uh, like the CEO is like, can nice. I have your cell phone number so I can like text you all night long? Cause I'm not going to stop thinking about this concept. So just a heads up, bring it, dust off that article, go look at it. Um, shoot me a note. We'd love to talk to builders who are considering it. Cause we spent again, a good hour before I started feeling too weak to continue <laughs> just going through detail after detail of exactly how this would work. And it was really exciting to, to have that conversation. So that's to exciting to see sure on that. Yeah. He's super cool. All right. I'm going to bed. Right. I'm getting, I'm getting an infusion on Saturday. So oh, no nice. one be worried for me. I, I'm not, nothing terrible is going to happen. You'll be super Back Kevin to, on Monday. I'll be more transparent and honest than, than my wife would like me to be. So I, I, I called immediately when I found out I was positive and I, cause I'm, I'm high risk because of a blood clotting disorder. And so I called the doctor and I asked about the infusions of, of antibody treatment. I have been vaccinated. I just haven't, again, I couldn't get the booster. And he goes, actually, you're, you're technically not eligible due to your, your blood disorder. And I was like, oh, okay. He goes, but you are eligible because um, of your body mass index. A 24, I'm 175 pounds, five foot 10. Um, but now I'm, I'm also apparently um, going to join the peak regimen uh, post COVID and there we go. And he puts a weight on just, you or just eat, no, on. eat peanut butter and oh, yeah. fish and just cookies every day. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> do all that. So, all right, guys, have a good rest of the show. All Bye. right. See ya. See ya. I was, I'm glad that Kevin had some positive news at the end there. I was like, and there's more and there's more Kevin. No, stop <laughs> it. Oh my goodness. I need to, I did, I decided during the Academy, like we we're talking through, I'm like, I need noises like Kevin. So I'm going to steal his noises and somehow be able to do the office theme song uh, right here for the news segment, right? No, versus that's story when time. we slam on top to our um, keyboards to make sound effects. Yeah, I agree. There we go. <laughs> yeah, Jackie, you want to start off with the first one because I feel like you know the most about it. I yeah, I'm very excited. You I, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> by the time this comes out, we will have a web page for everyone to submit the questions. But next week we are interviewing the one and only Ivy Zellman. And if you do not know her name, you will shortly. And again, if you do not know her name, go Google her. She's she's phenomenal. She just released a book called Gimme Shelter about hard calls and soft skills from Wall Street Trailblazer. She was one of the few people to, to accurately predict the crash of the market. She has amazing insights. She started her own company, I think in 07. So feel free to visit the webpage. We'll, we'll put the link in the show notes. And then this is your opportunity. Companies spend a lot of money to 
have her to talk with her. She's on like a lot of money. Not like, oh, they send her a thousand dollars. Like, no, like five, six figures. Like Michael Lewis, the author of The Big Short, met with her to discuss the market. And she's been on Jim Cramer's Mad Money multiple times. So again, we will have a a section for you to ask questions. She, yes, she's absolutely legit. So um, we're very excited. I know, I think we have one of her story times uh, that we'll, we'll link and we'll give some tidbits on because she seems to have very interesting views of what the future of the housing looks like that are um, drastically different from what other like them or not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the biggest thing is that a lot of people are project one, two years in the future. And she's like, you got to go further. Here's what we're thinking. And and I'll just steal the, um, the article that I was going to say for later. It's called Ivy Zellman uh, demographics and housing. And this is hosted on notoriousrob.com where she talks about the future of housing is actually looking a little questionable due to the fact that there are not enough people being born. So this article that it pretty much features Ivy Zellman, yeah, Notorious Rob, Ivy Zellman demographics and housing. And just like Jackie said, you need to look at the people and the types of people and what those people need. And then that will influence the product that is needed. And Ivy's looking two, five, 10, 15 years ahead. Whereas most people, it seems like they're looking like we don't have enough supply right now or the next mm-hmm. six months. And so she's actually predicting a rather large correction or I don't use the word crash because that sounds so negative. No one, I think that's part of it. Like no one wants to say that. Like who wants to say that out loud? I don't even want to say that out loud. I don't think the resistance from Notorious Rob to even say it, although he agrees, but disagrees. Yeah, he agrees and disagrees. And and I I read the article and the biggest takeaways and and please, please, please read it yourself in the show notes because it's it's extremely interesting. But it just talks about that she obviously there's there are less children being born, but the bigger part here is that she also sees that the renting homes market, the build to rent market is going to get bigger and that needs a bigger focus. Super interesting read. Sarah, did you, did you have any good takeaways or? Yeah, I, I have all yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would make sense then. Yeah, yeah. I de- definitely agree. Like, especially the, the, the rental home, the mm-hmm. build to rent market. I mean, I'm seeing that here in Phoenix. I feel like oh, everywhere I, I turn, there's, there's, there's build to rent and, and the builder I worked for was doing them as well not in Phoenix, but yeah, I mean, that's going to start cutting in, but we also have a rental shortage here right now, but yeah, most people are looking one year, two years, five years, but yeah, that 30 years down the road, when you have less people being born, we're going to have a, we might have an excess of housing there if we keep building where we are now. Yeah. I, I really found it was super interesting looking at like marriage rates and that influences do you have babies or not? Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people that are younger, which I didn't know, like 30 years old is the, um, that's the average first time home buyer age. And so as we think about a 20 year old now, well, that's 10 years. What's that 20 year old going to value? Even me, like I I'm 32. We were one of the very first people we, we did marry young, um, quite young, but that's, it was just, but we were like the exception I'd imagine now like a 22 year old, like that's how old it was when I got married, like that percent's even lower. And then the first time you have a child, which then influences if all the homes we're building now are say four to six bedrooms or whatever size square feet. And they're for a 30 year old boy, 30 year old that is single, that has no intentions of having a child soon. Do they need 3,500 feet with five, four bedrooms that is outside the city in the suburb suburbs, or do they want something that is 
closer to city center or like that's a little bit farther out multifamily rental like what's that going to be and that was notorious rob's feedback correct he was talking Mm -hmm. like you know thinking he he admits though he's not an economist so take his information with a grain of salt yeah but he's talking about co-dorm living and there are (laughs) products and companies creating these you know almost apartment and then shared living space elements to kind of um combat the living on your own but also wanting kind of like a a larger feel so um being in seattle i know a ton of people who co-rents adult men and women who share large homes and and it is just you know is that the wave of the future, or is it going to increase more so in for affordability? But yeah, super interesting. And I think, you know, if, if people read this article and they have questions about her details too, again, go to our website, submit your questions of what you want to ask Ivy Zellman. This is, you know, a once in a lifetime opportunity, I think to get Ivy and her, you know, her, her teams uh, that she's worked on for, for years and years is feedback and insights of, of what they think in the future, immediate future and far into the future. And, and uh, just a great opportunity to take advantage of, I think, for um, everyone who's listening. Definitely. And I, w- I would definitely say, I don't know if the average listener, if you actually do go in and read the articles that we have, this one I really enjoyed because to me, it touches on things that feel that we should not say out loud or talk about, even though it's like economics is a study of human behavior, not just like dollars, right? But it's it's all Mm -hmm. like how humans behave. Just looking at this phrase here, which I'm like, men with children work far harder, far longer than men without. That seems wrong for me to say out loud, right? Because that means people without children, men without children don't work hard. They don't do these things. And then it talks about mathematically, women will not be able to find men in in the future based on the math here that have a college degree. So it's looking at the statistics and data of everything to see what influences housing. So if X percent of people buying a home, that's 400 to 600,000, that is 3000 square feet. So the family home is with a husband, wife with children, they're 90%, 80% college graduates. If you get rid of these attributes that are commonly associated with the average home buyer, what will happen? So there's no like bias or no intention other than mm-hmm. just looking at the data, which I think is super interesting because all this stuff is like, if I can I say this out loud, this feels like this is not politically correct to say it, or is it? I don't even know. I'm overthinking it, but it's going into this cool category. I think of things that aren't normally discussed. Like yes. really. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of honesty in here and, and in her book, she talks about people calling, making fun of her and calling her poison Ivy. You know, she, she's oh. only thinking negatively and she's like, I'm thinking statistically, I'm thinking with data. I'm telling the truth of what we see in numbers. And just because you don't agree, doesn't mean it's wrong. So, um, again, highly recommend, I like like that, Mm -hmm. pick up that book, go read it. And we'll be releasing her interview with Kevin in the next week, week and a half. And just everyone take 45 minutes out of your day and and watch that. Cause I think it's going to be extremely valuable, um, place of information. You said, watch it. That means. Sorry, it's not Am just I a breaking podcast. News? Oh man, no, it's a video it is, too. Okay, it's, it's a video too, as well as Amazing. we will release it as a podcast, and and we will release. No wonder Kevin got it. that new camera. That's <laughs> I don't know if that's why or not. I know he's been looking at that one for a while, but yeah. Oh then, man, yeah, we have a second section of news here, Andrew. Right? We do this one here. Oh, this we want to jump into this one. Let's. Do, all right, let's do it. So the online sales benchmarks have been released today. today. I mean, when you're listening to this, it'll be like a week later or so, but December second. Yeah, super excited. Benchmarks for the third quarter of this past year. There's a beautiful infographic up here on the right side. So let's just talk about the the data. So this was, the data is pulled from 27 states, over 3.6 million 
monthly unique website visitors. That's a lot. And that's a mouthful to say out loud. 127 online sales specialists. So the results were, Sarah, you want to talk about the results from those 3.6 million people in Q3? There was over 30,921 leads per month. And over 5,865 kept appointments per month and over 997 sales from appointment kept a month. Nice. So this establishes, that is a lot of appointments. If you've been to the summit, um, yeah, we always talk about this at summit, like essentially you have our logo, um, the blue, blue, green. And it's like, here's the standard that we have based on the builders we work with, which have all implemented the best practices of answering the phone correctly, following up correctly. Here's kind of like the baseline as which you could measure yourself against. So definitely this year and last year, having more recent data is super effective because Q3 versus Q1 of this year, like totally different markets. Um, Not to say they're, I guess they're not completely different, but they are different enough where like we should do this more often, which we did. Um, Jackie, you definitely have things to add to this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I think Jenna will actually be on the podcast next week and I'm sure she'll dive deeper, but I think the takeaways and the metrics, you know, from 2020, um, it was a 50% um, online sales total contribution rate benchmark number. And now we're at 54%. And so the online sales team keeps contributing. Yeah. Winning. Um, (laughs) it's still hot. You know, um, I know he talks, Mike Lyon, this is, you know, kind of gives a summary of buyer urgency does wane for Q3, but the lead to appointments numbers are increasing as inventory is released. So there there are still buyers in the market. People are still under the impression that they need to book appointments and they can't just show up at model homes and and new home communities. And I think um, kind of keeping that trend going and having that trackability element is is definitely a benefit to qualifying um, leads, getting people on interested and then setting those appointments. Yeah. As that continues. And I think just builders see a value in kind of keeping that funnel as clear as possible. Um, you know, I could see those numbers being pretty consistent, um, moving forward, but yeah, super, super interesting numbers. It'll be interesting to see Jen's take on it next week too. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And they're doing a, a Facebook live actually on December oh, they would, 16th, they? I believe to, to run through this data, um, too. So we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes to, um, oh, no, we'll just tell you and you gotta go find it. You know, we need to do more lives us in marketing land here at do you convert? Don't we? Um, although I'll be honest, I'm a little jealous of when Mike and Jen go live, like everyone hops on and is so exciting and it's engaging. There's like a million comments. So when we do a marketing side of do you convert live? We have to have the same engagement, but I feel like that's just not our personality and and the marketing side of things. So like I'll watch this, but I mean, I even at the summit, I'm I think talking all and the, thinking all day. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, online sales. You know, we hear screams and claps, and and then you know the marketing side's just writing down. And we're like, okay, like here's the okay, data points. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just different. We're just different. Um, let's jump over to this one. I need to pull it up because it is uh, New York Times investor snap up metaverse real estate in a virtual land boom. Does this still make your brain like explode reading this? I go like back and forth. Like I hate this. And then I'm like, I truly get it. Like I understand like fast forward five years, there's a metaverse ticket for the builder show. That's the only thing that grounds this whole thing to me. And we're able to participate from my little desk here. And it is immersed enough where I have my goggles on or whatever. 
that I could be within the metaverse of the trade show, the convention center, whatever it is. And I could interact with other people as if I was in person and I can meet people like the interactions will be equal. The engagement will be equal. Some could even say better because if I'm, let's say I meet up with one of our builder partners we work with, like we could then exchange digital things seamlessly while we're talk, talking to each other or whatever it may be. You mean like, like sharing oh, yeah. links or like, or Hey, let's like, meet next week. Graph. And then mm-hmm. like, there's a little thing that pops up. It's like, would you like a schedule a calendar? And we could like, and like within three seconds, we have a thing on our calendar together. Like it's stalking us and listening to us like, Oh, can you, <laughs> excuse me, cough for a second. Can you do this? Can you do that? And it's like, just your whole world could be like right there. I think it's not there yet. And not I, there yet. Yeah, and that's and why I, I'm like, this is stupid because yeah. I'm like, and the investors, how they talk about it is they're like, can you imagine in New York City, Soho, if you could grab up the land now? So I wonder if it's going to be certain things like, you know, there's only, a let's say, hypothetically, like 100,000 by 100,000 pixels and everyone only gets a certain amount of space. And so by creating one, like excitements and articles like this, and also limiting what's available and starting something new, you know, they're talking about long story short, the investors are selling this virtual land to large companies and they're just trying, it's just in the baby stages. It's so abstract. It's because I'm like, why, like, if I want to go to New York and metaverse, I'm just going to go to New York city. Like, like I'm in New York city. And they were even talking about who's going to buy the billboard in metaverse, New York city. And what does that look like? And and then how do you also justify the costs? I'm sure there is more tracking data available there. Um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's, it's, it'll so, be interesting. It, it is futuristic. It is going to be like interesting. I get it and don't get it. Yeah. Sarah, this is where we need IVs like projection into 10 years. Like what does this need how to look like? How popular is it going to be? How yeah. popular? Cause you still are physically yeah. somewhere. Like, I mean, I mean if, I you, get, if you look yeah. at, if you look at how our kids interact with technology, I mean, you both have kids. I mean, mine are a little mm-hmm. older, but I, I know my kids watch the Ariana Grande concert in Fortnite that they, Talked about yeah. I mean, my, my daughter too. wanted to. I'm like, what do you know about Ariana? Did. What do you mean? Yeah. Like you're nine years old. You don't know her. Yeah. But so, I mean, they're getting more used to this. So as, as they grow up, something like this is not going to feel as weird to them. Mm. So it's the weird be part to me accepted. is they watched her, but it wasn't her. Like, yeah. you know, like, like, so to me, I'm like, this is dumb. Like if I want to watch a 4k concert of Ariana Grande, like I want to see her in 4k not this avatar. Yes. Yeah. Like maybe that will change like the avatar well, thing. I think, I think I Sarah, things, I no, I, I mean, Sarah, I think that's a really great point, Andrew. I think this is where we're dating ourselves now. And I think that this is, this is, not a, this is not a product for us. I think this is a product for the youth and this is a product yeah. for, uh, you know, as affordability becomes a, a hypothetically if affordability becomes a problem or, you know, you want to own things in crypto or you see, if you see that it's like art, if you see value in it, then there's value in it. And so yeah. That, we could just live in boxes and have goggles on and, <laughs> and that we don't that, need anything. I mean, that's, and it would make the NFTs a little more real. So mm-hmm. my husband is big into NFTs. So, I mean, he could oh, have man. his Thanks. NFTs like up in his metaverse right yeah. now. There's on his phone. So. Oh, interesting. It's yeah. Amazing. So uh, in terms of, I think home builders or investors or how companies should think about this, is, is there any good takeaways you guys had for that? Oh, I don't know. Cause I went, there's, um, so I found it in here and I went to the site. Let me, uh, virtual land, virtual land. Let me pull it up here. Anyways, it was a skin over the earth, like Google maps, picture Google maps, but skinned. So like a layer of graphics 
and you could buy addresses. So I put my address in there. It was 451 US dollars or 0.1. I forgot the cryptocurrency that it was referencing the price point of, but like that was like the, the lowest price. So I could buy my address. I could also buy, it's crazy. And I'm like, maybe I just buy it and whatever, it's $450. Like that could be a waste of $450, which could be something else. But like you could, I could buy like the St. Pete Pier, like things that are actually are monumental or the Skyway Bridge for $450. Like it's like not priced right, it is very, very much in its infancy. And that's, but there are places like New York where prices are up and you know, this, they just already set the cost. But I'm still like, what are you getting with this? Like you do get something, but like, why is that? Because maybe that's where I need to learn. And someone listening is like, yeah, you're missing this key concept. There are, you have the metaverse, but then there's multiple skins or games, picture like it, like the internet. That website is worth more than that website. I think we all understand that. Like New York Times, if I wanted to buy that, there's all this traffic coming in, people click on ads, it makes revenue, right? So it's a business, but you still need the publishing on it. You need the, the posts, you need the content. But the site itself, which is the real estate, is worth something. So there will be the metaverse equals internet, but then there's different layers um, on that, which have value or no value. Like Facebook is worth money, but MySpace is not, or, but that's still on the internet. That's still a social network. Oh man, this is a fun one. People are like yeah, listening. I think we'll like, just have to, again, in terms we'll of what, what hold. I don't know if there's it, anything for a builder yet. I don't know if there's anything for a builder yet. We'll, we'll keep you in the loop. I think it's just to, as Facebook transforms into the metaverse, it, it something or absorbed or whatever it does in the future. Um, just something to be aware of. Nice. And then our last one, uh, Google did a update in the middle of Thanksgiving week. And I'm glad we're not in e-commerce. Otherwise, we would have been having a heart attack and probably not eating Thanksgiving dinner. But it looks looks like they started on the 17th and it continued to roll out. So remember, if, I think the, one of the more famous ones, like there's like Penguin and Panda, like had different names way back in the day that caused like big fluctuations in site traffic especially if you're doing things to artificially uh, game the algorithm. Like if you had going back like 10, 11 years, like backlinks or people linking to your website from questionable sources. Mm -hmm. So like that, there's a, there we go. There's a quick takeaway. If someone's offering to sell you links, do not buy them. Right. Cause that was something that worked like 10, 15 years ago. The update happened. Sarah, you're nodding your head. Yeah, that it looks like you're work. familiar with it. Doesn't yeah. work whatsoever. And it's Any, really fun to clean up if it happened. Oh yeah. That's sarcasm, by the way. <laughs> like it's, it's not good. Essentially you, what you spell to do is buy someone, pay someone like, Hey, I need a thousand. They call them back links, B-A-C-K links. And then all of a sudden Google's like, Oh, all these websites are talking about, do you convert.com? Like if do you convert writes an article, they must be extremely important. People should see their stuff. They push up to the top. Then an update happened. I forgot it was Panda or Penguin. It's one of the, one of the P's. It's one of them. Um, where Google's like, oh, here's the common denominator and all these really bad questionable links. Any website that was buying these or has these, we're going to punish them and lower them in the search results. So that's what all these things are to do. They're essentially, it's made to make sure that people are not um, taking advantage or um, not defrauding or scamming, but I don't know, gaming the algorithm of ranking because yeah. Google wants the best search results at the top. And if you're messing with that, they're going to mess with your your ranking. Yeah. And I think this goes along with in. then Google, you know, I think the date keeps moving, but your other article will, will oh, also link in the yeah. show notes if you want to go into that detail. Yeah. We can talk about that. Yeah. Um, Google 
there was a notice um, with one of our bigger builders who spends quite a bit um, on Google ads. Hey, you need to verify your identity by this date, which is coming up in 10 days. So December, it was like mid-December or your ads will turn off. I'm like, oh, that's pretty important. Like, let's, let's get that done. And so I wrote an article about it because it's super quick to take care of. But if you don't do it, and it can be easily missed because most, like, be honest, if you're listening, like, if you get an update from Google, you're like, whatever. Like, I, that's, they do this stuff all the time. But this one, they'll say they'll turn your ads off. But they're being super slow to roll these things out. I think we're only at, since that time, like three or four of our builders have had to verify their identity. Um, and so we learned Google today that is, you can't yeah. verify it with a black and white photo of yourself. It has no. to be a colored photograph. A a color one. Yeah. yeah, they're essentially wanting the type of thing that Facebook does to verify. Um, what do they call that? I can't remember the exact name, but if you're running any ads that um, politics related affects you at the US, you have to send in like your passport and like other documentation to prove your identity. That's what Google will do, be doing for every advertiser. So you might, it's not you, like the marketer, typically mm -hmm. it's someone whose name would be either on some type like the LLC, like a partnership, et cetera, all these different things, something with IRS. They want to see that person who's actually legally connected to the company and that documentation in there. So that's the only hard part of that person might be on vacation for two weeks in December and you have to get it done. So I think the blog post will be up by the time we, or it is up. I think yeah. I can't remember. It's, it's really taking I, this update and that, and even the it's metaverse, slow. it's really taking out the anonymity, uh, like being anonymous on the website and, mm -hmm. and the internet. So, um, yeah, the future is, is definitely what it adds and advertising. It definitely needs more clarification and, and Google's, I think, uh, leading the way there. Yeah, definitely. Do we have a, um, Oh, there we go. Do we have a question? I was, I was out. Was there a question of the week? The episode that just released can't remember i don't think so other than okay so remember oh, i did the uh price is right game which no one participated in come on guys anyone would have been right um the both those homes are pending so oh. once they're sold i will do it and i am extremely surprised at both of them um especially the one that um i'll say because if this is like right at the end of the episode by uh 670 it went down a hundred thousand from the wow. listing to what it actually, but that's where it should have been. But what's crazy is the other one, 640 has a pool, not as great floor plan, but has a pool, which like a pool right now, like you're waiting forever. It's 50, 60, $70,000. It's crazy pricing because of demand. Um, I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> like that's what they're, and they, you know, it's got, so it's gone up about 200,000 in two years. Wow. Interesting. Time so to move, Andrew. Move to the move. metaverse. I want to move to the metaverse or Mexico. I think Mexico sounds better. As long as they get a stable internet connection and the kids can go to school, they might learn Spanish. Yeah. Who knows? Sounds fun. All right. Well, that is it for this week. For published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out deconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and everywhere else we are online. See ya. Bye. Bye.